Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Today I'm doing a solo kind of coaching episode. Um, did one of these a couple weeks ago and people really liked it. So here we are doing it again. The idea of these is that they are evergreen content that can be very useful, useful for people as they prepare for a certain topic or a certain race or a certain idea in training that can be useful to them. So today's topic is racing a marathon in the heat. So the reason we're doing this today is that the Marine Corps Marathon this weekend down in D.C. is going to be hot. So it's going to be starting in the lower 60s and it's going to get up into the 80s, which is going to really affect people who are running the marathon in four plus hours into the five and six hour mark. And especially people who are doing the 50K, because obviously they're going to be out there for even longer. So a couple weeks ago, we saw the Twin Cities Marathon was canceled and for good reason, because of similar conditions, but actually I would say they're similar, but it was going to get in the 80s way earlier in the day than it is going to happen this coming weekend. So let's talk about racing in this these kind of conditions and what you can do to best prepare yourself from a pacing perspective, from a keeping cool perspective, and from a nutritional perspective. Before we do, I want to give a shout out to John G, who is sponsoring this episode. If you haven't tried John G yet, you got to do it. It's the best apparel company in the running community. You get a five-year run guarantee. The stuff is extremely comfortable. It fits great. I'm just such a big fan of their shorts, not only because of how they fit, but the pockets are nuts. I can fit all my running stuff in there, which is absolutely fantastic. And on top of that, they have all different kinds of styles. So you have like the more generic styles, which is kind of like my thing, or they get some really interesting fashion forward stuff as well. So if you're into that sort of stuff, you have a lot of options. Also, their sales page is legit. If you go to their sales uh, page on their website, you're going to see some great stuff, heavily discounted. Also, if you use code rambling, you're going to save a ton of money too. So you cannot beat this. Go to johng.com. That's J-A-N-J-I.com and use code rambling to save dough on all their stuff, whether it's on sale or not. Also, it really helps the podcast. So go do that today. So running in the heat. Okay. So there's a couple of different parts of this. It's, you have the temperature wise, you have the sun exposure and you have the dew point. Okay. So there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Okay. So from a temperature perspective, as many of you probably know, the best weather, I'm sorry, the best temperature for running marathons, I think it was the US Army did a meta study on this several years ago, is basically the low to mid 40s. That is the ideal weather conditions for people to run their best. Now, that doesn't happen all the time. And you can't plan for that to happen either. But once you start getting into the 60s and above, even if 60 doesn't sound like that's really that hot, it's just the exposure that you're out there longer, right? So it's one thing for it to be in the 60s and it's a 5k. It's a whole other thing when you're going to be out there for hours and hours and hours and you have that. So the 60s, the 70s, especially the 80s, it can really affect your performance. In addition to that, it's also the sun exposure. All right. You guys probably already know this, but it's important to remember that 60 degrees in the sun is different than 60 degrees with overcast conditions, right? That solar energy is going to affect you. It's going to make you hotter. And it's just something you have to keep in mind. So, you know, I'll look at, say, Monumental this weekend. Monumental is going to be low, high 50s, low 60s, but cloud cover, which is great. So it's going to be Ultimately, it's going to be totally fine. They were worried about it's going to be a little too hot this weekend at Monumental. It doesn't look like it's going to be the case. And you throw in the cloud cover as well. They're going to have really good conditions. So you have to look to see 
Is the sun going to be out or not? That's also going to impact you. And lastly, the dew point. So look at dew point instead of humidity. If you see anything above 66, it's really going to impact your running. There's no question about that. Once it's in the 70s, it's going to have a major impact on your running. So as we get later into the year, especially up here in the north, the dew point comes down big time, which is uh, you know, a really nice thing. That is for sure. So thinking about this race, and again, this can be this is evergreen content, but if you're going into a race where the majority of your race is going to be in the upper 60s and they get into the 70s, you're just going to have to pace yourself differently. That's just the way it goes. So I'm going to give you people an example of someone that I coach who is going to be running monumental. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to give you their name, but this person has run incredibly well. She has put out, you know, really high level training for a long time. In this training cycle, she has done an incredible job. The consistency, the approach, this getting stuff done, even with the crazy busy um, work life, she's really nailed it. And she was at the point where, and I actually wrote this up in her in her log, getting ready for the race. That is my belief that she was in 7:55. That she is that she is in 7:55 per per mile marathon pace like that is as her current fitness and that she's strong enough to, to hold that with that said considering the conditions that is not gonna work out this weekend it's just that's the way it goes right so my message to her was hey we'll probably stick around the 820 like on the you know, monumentals i mean i'm sorry marine corps is a little different because there's a two mile hill to start the race and then a corresponding downhill after that and then you kind of get into a, a relatively flat course so my point to her was once you get past the, the hill section in the beginning, hovering around 820 mile pace is probably the best place to be that that will be able to kind of maximize your pacing while also not maximizing your heart rate. Because this is the deal. Once you are in a situation like this, once your heart rate gets elevated because of your uh, your output mixed in with the weather conditions. Once that happens, it's really hard to bring it back down. Remember, this is not an easy run where you can just start to chill and relax. People are racing. They're trying to go out there and doing their best. And once you start doing that, once your heart rate gets elevated, it's really hard to bring it down in the best of circumstances. When you throw in the added heat, it's not going to happen. So you really have to make sure that you are doing your best to keep your heart rate as low as you can within the range of your peak overall fitness. Okay, so marathon effort usually is described as as moderate effort is a way of looking at it, um, kind of like easy plus or easy plus plus, uh, depending on how you want to look at it. When you're in weather conditions like this, you really have to say, okay, again, unless you're an elite, elite, you know, you're an elite professional and things like that, you really want to think about like um, the the fast end of easy into that easy plus range is kind of where you want to be, especially early in the race. Because if you overheat early in the race, at best, you're going to have to slow down a lot later in the race. Like the final 10K could be absolutely brutal. At worst, you might have to DNF. You might get to the point where you're not going to be able, not, you might not be able to proceed with the race. And that would be heartbreaking, especially for those people who traveled a long way to get to a race and to have it end in a DNF. Oh gosh, that, that really is a tough situation. So you really have to manage it, okay? You're not in, all right, PR mode, let's go get it. It has to be more tempered and you have to be patient. You have to be disciplined to put yourself in the best situation to run your best in the final 10K. Now, that's really no different than any marathon, but you really have to make 
conscious decisions from a pacing perspective to set yourself up for that. You cannot just say, okay, this is what I trained for. I trained for a BQ. This is my BQ chance. I was, and if you're sitting there like, all right, I was right on the, the thread, right? Say if you're someone who's like, again, you're an under 35 female who wants to get that 330 to BQ, and that's what you've been training for, and it's been helping you get out the door every day. That's an inspirational, motivational thing. But on race day, if you're like, hey, like I was going to be really close to getting that BQ and, and that I'm really on that line of whether I can get 330 or not. If it's hot, you're not going to get it. That's just the way it goes. And that's fine. You just have to say, okay, what is the best I can do on that day? And that is the way we have to approach this. Okay. It's we throw out the preconceived notions. We say, what is the best we can do on this day? We view it through a lens of optimism, for sure. But at the same time, you have to prepare yourself. Just like if you were running a race at elevation, you wouldn't say, all right, this is how fast I can run on at sea level. I'm just going to transpose it to the elevation. No, that would be silly. Same thing with this. If it's going to be hot, you can't just assume that it's not going to affect you. That would be silly. Okay, so prepare yourself for that from a pacing perspective. Take that that time off. Okay, take that time off of your goal pace. Understand what your goal pace is. Understand where your fitness is. And then adjust accordingly and really take it out as an easy plus in terms of like the first half. And then if you know you get to the final, you know, six to eight miles and you're feeling good and you're feeling like, you know what, I think I can speed up here. I'm feeling comfortable, you know, relatively speaking, it is a marathon after all, then fine. Then right. Usually we say in the final 10K pacing strategies start to go out the window. And that's exactly how you can approach it. But just be careful. Keep that heart rate under control the first half of the race, because if you don't, it's going to really come back to bite you, okay? So that's first things first, how are you going to deal with that? Now, in terms of managing your heat on the course on race day, okay, here's a couple things. First of all, pre-race, <laughs> stay somewhere cool, okay? That means do not be out in the sun pre-race. If it's like, you know, obviously as the, the days get shortened up, you know, so we're recording this on October 27th, you know, the, the days are shorter now. So, if, you know, if you're out there at seven o'clock in the morning, it, the sun might not even really be out right now, right? Depending on where you are, especially if you're running like uh, a race in December or something like that. But if you're running a race and the sun is out and you're in the morning, stay at, at worst, stay in the shade. Okay. Please do that. Stay in the shade. If you can go somewhere that is cool, air conditioned, whether it's, you know, inside of an expo, or if it's inside of a store that's close by, or if it's even your car and you have the AC on, hey, that's better than staying out there and, and, and burning up in the heat before race, right? Stay cool pre-race. That is absolutely paramount. Okay. Once the race starts, this is an enormous thing too. You're going to want to hydrate. We're going to talk about nutrition in a second. In addition to that, Staying cool on course, it means dumping the water on top of your head as you go. Okay, if you're going to, you find all these water stations, that's wonderful. Go to the water station, make sure you get a cup of water. Don't do this with Gatorade unless you want to be sticky the whole race. And you got to dump it on top. That's going to really help you. It's going to help you so much. Also, if you have a really light hat that can help with sun exposure, but not keep the heat on top of your head, right? A really well-ventilated hat. This can help you too. If you dump the water on the hat, the water, the hat can stay wet and keep your head wet and cool. Dumping water on you as you progress through the race is a really good way of minimizing as much as you can the heat exposure and keep you cool. This is a paramount thing. In addition to that, 
if your race day, again, say it's the morning, a lot of these races are happening in the morning. As you all know, the sun is out, right? Say you're running south, right? The race course goes due south. It's the morning. Run on the eastern edge of the road. Why? Because it's going to be shade over there, right? Find the shaded areas. Now, you don't you don't want to be weaving like crazy. You want to you know, make sure that you're keeping a good tangent going and you're not running like an extra mile on the race course because you're like trying to find shade. But if you have these long, extended straight lines on the course, stay in the shaded side. OK, that's going to help you. All right. It's going to keep you much cooler, especially on those those days where the sun exposure is real and you want to stay out of the sun. Again, this is obvious stuff, right? Like if you were out like in a picnic, you would want to stay in the shade. Do the same thing with your runs. All right, it's going to help you. This, the lack of sun exposure will keep you cooler. Whether it's three to five degrees, it's going to matter. OK, so make sure you're staying cool. Dump the water on yourself as much as you can during the race. It's going to help. I had a race this summer. Blessing of the Fleet 10 miler. It's always the last Friday in July here in Rhode Island. It's right on the coast and it's always hot, right? You know what you're getting. You're signing up for a race it's at five o'clock in the afternoon, the last Friday in July. Of course, it's going to be brutal conditions. That's just the way it goes. It's going to be super hot every year and it's going to be super humid. Everyone knows that. Okay. And I had, I did this race this year. I've done it before. And I was just dumping water on myself, literally every single water station. And it was the first time I aggressively did that. I've done it in the past, like occasionally I would do it. But this time I went in with a plan. I am going to do this. And it helped. It absolutely helped. Now, was I still hot? Of course I was. But it did minimize it, right? I didn't completely melt out there. And I actually finished strong, which, again, there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of them was I took extra steps to stay cool. Now, from a strategy from a uh, fueling and nutrition strategy standpoint let's talk about this okay so you've all heard about the taper right so you want to make sure that in the, the days leading into a big race you minimize the training so your body's ready now you basically can do the opposite here with the nutrition you probably have all heard of the carbo loading that's an important factor please do that before any marathon whether no matter no matter the race conditions okay but in addition to the carbo loading in the 24 to 36 hours before the race, you also want to increase your salt intake and you also want to increase your water intake. All right. So they call it hyperhydration and also increasing your salt because your body retains that. OK, it doesn't immediately go in and go right back out again. Your body can retain that and it will help you on race day. So you might say, well, why the increased salt? OK, so again, this is stuff I've read plenty about. I am not a dietitian, but I am getting this from dietitians. Okay. So whether it's Megan Featherston, who's been on the podcast and every other podcast, and she is wonderful or other dietitians that I've read this from, this is important stuff. Okay. So on a hot day, you aren't the, 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 um, the consistency of your sweat doesn't change. Okay. It's not like on a hot, on a hotter day, you sweat more salt than you normally would per ounce. The difference is that you're just going to sweat more period. So you're going to lose more salt because you're going to be sweating more, generally speaking. So you need to prepare yourself by taking in more salt. Now, even if, side note, even if your marathon isn't in a hot one, you should still be taking in more salt 36 hours leading into a race because you're going to be sweating more because you're going to be out there for a long time. Okay. In addition to that, if you're going to be running a hot marathon, same thing applies. Take in more salt the 36 hours beforehand. 
take in more hydration because your body's going to hold on to it and you're going to be prepared for race day. In addition to that, and this is a great recommendation from Megan Featherston, who's a well-regarded RD in this, in this area. Um, so she says, make sure that you have extra salt on the day, right? Salt pills or higher sodium gels. There's also salt tabs. You can get at least like precision hydration has salt tabs. Um, there's the, the salt capsules that are really good from salt stick that like they're like little, they look like candies. Actually, they taste pretty good too. All of these things are available to you. Having them on the race course is super helpful, but like I was saying, make sure in the, the 36 hours leading into it, not only are you carbo-loading, but you're having more salt and you're having more water to prepare your body for what's to come. Now, during race day, just like I read a second ago, a uh, recommendation from Megan Featherston, you need to make sure that you're taking in enough water, obviously, and enough salt, okay? Again, you're going to be sweating more than normal. So prepare yourself, okay? Have a sports drink an hour before the race, okay? That's going to increase your salt content, you know, the, the glucose as well, and the, and the hydration, right? It's all going to be part of that, okay? Whether, and you can choose your favorite sports drink, but make sure there's sodium in it, okay? You have your gels, all that. Make sure you have additional salt on you if you can, okay? If you have the salt stick, you have that um, salt stick tabs, or even on course. A lot of these mar major marathons, they'll have the electrolytes on course, okay? This is a big thing. So what I would recommend, and what I recommend to my runners, I'm going to be sending them this podcast right after I record it, so I'm talking to you guys. You know, you have the water there, which is valuable, Grab two cups every water station, every every fueling station, right? You get two cups. You get the, the water, you dump it on, on top of your head, you get the electrolyte mix, and you drink it, okay? Last thing with drinking at these water stations. Drinking out of these paper cups can be really tricky, right? Especially if you're motoring along, you're running well, it's hard not to splash it all over your face. Honestly, if you have a hard time drinking out of these cups, and no shame if you do, because they can get tricky, just power walk. Okay. Grab it, power walk, drink it down, start running again. Minimum, I'm sorry, maximum, you'll lose four seconds of time, but you're going to gain so much time by fueling properly. Okay. I did this at a marathon last year, just as I, I was thinking this would be a good recommendation, but I wanted to try it out. So at every single water stop, just as a test, I power walked through the water stop, drank the water, and then would start running. I did not lose time, okay? The people I was running with were still there. They, they didn't gain on me. It was all relative, all really easy. Again, I wasn't lollygagging on the walk. I was walking with purpose. So they were all just right there. It wasn't a big deal. And I was able to drink the entire time. And it worked out so much better. So make sure you're doing that to prepare yourself for later in the race because it's going to be valuable. You don't want to say, oh, I just didn't fuel properly because I wanted to keep running through that water station. Well that three seconds you saved turned into, you know, all of a sudden you're running one minute to two minutes per mile slower in the final 10K because you weren't fueled properly. And that's not a trade that you want to make. So make sure that you're approaching it the right way because the last thing you want to do is look back with regret and say, oh my gosh, if I had just changed this one or two things that were so easy, if I had just done these one little two, th one or two things that were not a big change, I would have been better off and you don't want to be in that situation. Marathons are hard enough, man. You don't want to make them even harder. Last thing, you're going to be uncomfortable. Okay. Every marathon is uncomfortable. Running in the heat is going to be the same way. It's going to be even more uncomfortable if you approach it with a negative mindset. Be optimistic. Do all the right things. Okay. You're not going to have blind faith. 
Okay, you want to make sure that you're preparing yourself appropriately and taking all the necessary steps to do just that. However, approach it with optimism because you've trained well, you've trained hard, and if for no other reason, optimism just feels better on your body than negativity. So just approach it like that. All right, work together with other people, support each other, and make the most of your experience. Running in the heat can be tricky. Doing a marathon in the heat can be demoralizing, especially if you're a goal-oriented person that has a certain time goal in mind. But don't forget, doing your best on that day is ultimately going to matter much more than the time that you get, okay? We all know when we finish a race, if we gave it our all, and that feeling supersedes any, any time goal out there. It really does, because I've run PRs before, and I know you have too, where you finish the race and you say, I know that was a PR, but I could have done better. I gave in at this point. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Not training, but just on race day execution. Okay. And I've also done really well in race day execution. And I know you have too, or maybe you weren't at optimum fitness, but you're like, man, for what I was able to do in that day, I absolutely crushed it. I did everything I possibly could. I gave every little bit. I prepared myself appropriately and I couldn't have done anything differently to improve my race on that day. And no matter what your time is, that, that's a wonderful feeling. So strive for that feeling when you approach this marathon because you can do it. I believe in you and I know that you can believe in yourself. And if you do believe in yourself and you do approach it with that mindset, great things can happen. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. The best spot to find me is on Instagram where I am rambling underscore runner. Also, go make sure that you check out John G, johng.com with use code rambling to save some serious dough on some great gear that has a five-year run guarantee. Can't get better than that. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and happy running.